why naming a spouse as an IRA beneficiary is so important. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. In today's Adam Talks, I am going to review private letter ruling 2023-22014, so 2023-22014, which is an interesting private letter ruling about some of the potential pitfalls of having a situation where you do not have a spouse as an IRA and a beneficiary or the sole personal representative slash executor of the estate is not the same person. Okay, so PLR 2023-22014 goes through a situation where someone who's 78 years old dies and he's survived by a spouse who's 74 years old. When he died, at least some of his assets were held in an IRA, but he failed to designate a beneficiary. For whatever reason, he didn't have an IRA beneficiary. Should have had his surviving spouse, right? And that's why I've done many videos and podcasts about this. Every year, or if you have a life-changing event in your family, God forbid, update your beneficiary form. So as a result, his estate went was uh, the beneficiary. Since his surviving spouse wasn't the beneficiary of his IRA, he didn't name a beneficiary of his IRA, the estate. His estate, since he died, became the IRA beneficiary. And during his lifetime, all of the RMDs were made to him, the uh, decedent. The surviving spouse, she was the personal representative of the estate, the executor. And he, she indicated she attempts to direct all of the IRA benefits to herself as the beneficiary of the estate. So the surviving spouse was not named the beneficiary of the IRA. But thankfully, she was named the personal representative of the estate. And she was the sole beneficiary of the estate. Okay, those were really, really good facts in this private letter one. And she also represented that the proceeds from the IRA would be rolled over to an IRA in her name within 60 days, which you can do, right? If you are a surviving spouse and your decedent spouse has an IRA, you are able to roll the IRA in your name. If you are a non-spouse, like a brother or sister, then you cannot uh, do that. So in her request for a private letter ruling, she sought to be treated as the payee or distribute the proceeds of the IRA in order to avoid needing to report the distribution of IRA benefits from the estate in her income, right? She didn't want to take that money into her income. She wanted to roll it into an IRA. So generally under current RMD rules, we're still in basically pre-2020 RMD rules because the final regulations for the RMD rules have not been uh, finalized. So technically in the state, has five years to distribute those funds. So because the estate was the beneficiary of the IRA and she's the beneficiary of the estate, she would have to take in all that income over five years um, from, from the IRA. She didn't want to do that. So what she decided to do was be able to, she wanted the IRS to bless her, to allow her to move the IRA into her name so she'd have a life expectancy to pull those funds since she's only 74 over a longer period of time than five years. Now, the ruling said she can do that, okay? So she was able to do what she wanted to do. Now, the good facts are she was the sole beneficiary of the estate and she was the executor or the personal representative of the estate. Now, if it was a situation where someone else was the personal representative, they'd have to get that person's consent. And if there was issues with who the beneficiary of the estate was, so if it was her kids or other 
people, it would not have been as easy. Okay, so in order to get around this whole mess of a situation where you have a situation where your IRA is no beneficiary, and now you have a state issue where the trust, uh, the estate is now deemed the beneficiary of the IRA, which has a five-year window to pull those funds out instead of being able to stretch it over the uh, surviving spouse's lifetime. Uh, so that's the number one downside of not having the surviving spouse as the primary beneficiary. And then number two, you have the five-year rule instead of the lifetime stretch. And, and thirdly, um, you have a situation where you, you may have to take in all this income over a shorter period of time. So it worked out for her because she was the sole representative and the sole beneficiary of the estate. But she still had to get a PLR, which isn't cheap. She probably had to spend lawyers and, and the cost of getting a PLR, probably about 25K. And she probably had to deal with you know, the uncertainty and the time delays. So again, it's a very interesting PLR. I generally don't kind of talk about specific PLRs because they're like pretty tax heavy and into the weeds, which I assume a lot of the listeners don't want to deal with. I get it. I like this stuff. I'm a tax dork, but <laughs> I know most of you have better things to do with your day. But I thought this was important because I do see this. You know, I have 27,000 uh, self-directed accounts with IRA Financial. I see this quite more often than you think where there's a divorce, uh, a death in the family, something happens and there's no beneficiary form. Okay. Whether it's IRA or 401k, it just never gets done or it's lost. There's no record of it. It should never get lost because if you have an IRA with us, we'll have a copy of it, right? If you have a 401k, solo 401k, you as the trustee should keep that form somewhere safe. Um, probably next to your will, uh, I'll give a copy to whoever your sole beneficiary is. So um, I've seen horror stories where the ex-wife is still the beneficiary, the ex-spouse, and now the surviving spouse is fighting the ex-spouse for the money. I've seen it. I've been an expert witness. Uh, it's been messy. Sometimes there's uh, some type of mutual mediation agreement where you split it. Other times I've seen, you know, some pretty ugly stuff go on where they'll fight to the death to make sure the ex doesn't get a dollar. Um, so, um, or the surviving doesn't get a dollar. So just, this can be solved very simply by just making sure your surviving spouse or whoever you want to be your IRA beneficiary is there. And it's good practice to have that person also be your executor. You don't have to be that depending on the size of your estate. You, you, that may not be important uh, or you may want to have someone that's a little bit more uh, with a greater capacity at, uh, with larger estates to manage them as your executor or personal representative. But if you just um, are in a situation where your personal representative or executor is the same as your primary beneficiary, that should be also your sole IRA beneficiary, you're gonna be able to get around any of these um, you know, issues. Now, some surviving spouses don't wanna administer states. That's why there's uh, other individuals that are named as executors, that's fine. But remember that um, you can always get a lawyer, right? So let's say you don't think your spouse wants to deal with this stuff if you die, and you're gonna leave it to someone else, the executor rule. Well, that's fine, but now they're in charge of your estate. So in this PLR situation, that person would have to agree to get the money to the spouse. They may have said, nah, I don't really think that's a good idea. Um, so what you can do to get around that is just say, hey, if I die, 
surviving spouse, you, you should just hire this lawyer and he or she will help you um, get through this process. But at least your surviving spouse now has all of the control um, over the estate. Um, so you can also have co-personal representatives or co-executors, and then the will will have language that reflects that the surviving spouse, uh, you know, can or cannot act as the personal representative or can or cannot act alone. But the rollover is the key because by being the sole personal representative, um, she was able to just move the funds to um, the IRA um, and get it into her name. So um, that's it. Um, simple answer is just make sure you name uh, whoever you want to be, generally your surviving spouse, as the sole beneficiary. Uh, because in this case, she was just lucky that she's the sole rep and uh, the surviving spouse was a sole beneficiary that kind of solved the problem. So um, that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed um, today's topic. Uh, it's kind of light summer, right? People, you know, it's a good outcome. Surviving spouse was able to get the IRA in her name and kind of do what she wanted to do, which is the right outcome. But unfortunately, she still had to get a PLR, which trust me, I've done them. They're not cheap. Um, that's it. Hope you. Um, have a great rest of your day. This is a weekly podcast. It drops every Wednesday. So definitely uh, check it out next week. Otherwise, um, leave a comment if you want. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, otherwise, have a great day. Ciao.